I stand with the rain pelting my helmet and watch the Cessna ascend into the stormy sky, my last chance to go home disappearing before my eyes. When the airplane vanishes into the dark clouds, I close my eyes and let the tears fall. I imagine myself sitting next to my puppy Bearheart in the back seat of the plane, wondering if the boys at Sea Bay will be nice to me, or if the girls will think I'm dank. I can almost see Mr. C gripping the armrests and looking nervous as we fly through the rough air. I smile and tell him not to worry. We've got matters at the stick, and Professor Matt Hudson is the best pilot in the whole wide world. He'll get us out of this mess. No problemo. A flash of lightning brings me back to reality. I have 30 minutes of O2 left in my tank and one emergency air canister. My sketch pad is tucked inside a pocket of my suit, along with the lucky seashell Mr. C gave me. But that's it. I take a sip of my dwindling water supply and turn toward the dilapidated biodome, feeling anxious and scared. Just turned 18, and my life is over. Mom always says that bravery is being the only one who knows you're afraid. I'm trying to be brave, Mom, but it's harder than I thought. What would matters do? He'd be collecting data, not blubbering like a D2 who fell off a swing and scraped her knee. Identify the problem, engineer a fix, and Bob's your uncle. I force down a sob and get to work. I'd estimate this biodome is twice the diameter of the bub, so that means it must be... I have to force my brain to do the calculations. Four times as much floor space and almost as big as sea bay. Holy... Someone shoves me hard in the back. Let's go, girly. Okay. I start moving toward the man-made mountain. No need to be rude. When the air runs out, he says, all the good manners in the world ain't gonna save you. But neither is being rude. I blink back tears and continue walking. Maybe if I focus on the outside, it won't hurt so much on the inside. I make a mental note of the distance between airlocks, the algae-covered fish pond, and a huge pile of trash and discarded junk. And then I remember the hole in the biodome that was visible from the plane. It's way up on the top of the dome. I slow my step and lean back for a better look, trying not to be too obvious. Mr. Rude, Mikey, I think they call him, decides it's a good time to give me another shove in the back. You best be keeping your head bowed and your eyes on your feet, if you know what's good for you. I do as he instructs, but not before I notice that the damaged spot on the biodome isn't sagging at all. Maybe they patched it from the inside but didn't bother to fix the outer shell? Which means the repair is only cosmetic, and the minute the inner skin fails, everyone will be dead. After Mikey turns away, I glance up and notice that the door to the main airlock is wide open. Do these people have a death wish? Failing to shut the exterior door on any airlock is a big no-no, but leaving the one on the main airlock open could get everyone in the biodome killed. In any sort of emergency, there would be no way to get out. People would be trapped inside, 
just like they were when that biodome in Arizona burned to the ground nine or ten years ago. The thought fills me with panic. The CO2 alarm in my suit goes off, and in my haste to locate the puncture, I lose my balance, nearly falling down. Someone grabs my arm, jerking me upright. Watch it. The voice is shrill and nasal. The clumsy don't last very long out. I can't breathe. My faceplate is fogging up and my air is getting thinner. The man with the high-pitched voice glances at the flashing orange light and shouts, Her biosuit's busted. The others hurry over, searching for the telltale wisp of vapor that signals a breach. But it's raining hard and I'm all wet. Hands grab at my sleeves and pants, searching in vain for the leak. This time, you're going to die.